Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Gold Coast, uh, player to watch. Who have you got? Gold Coast player to watch, I have... It's unfortunate that he's injured, but Rankin's highlights in the first JLT yeah, he's was about really eight weeks, great. Yeah, six to eight weeks for his hamstring. Super unfortunate. Like, he was tipped in the first couple of, you know, I think Sam Walsh was the perfect fit for Carlton, and I think Rankin is a great fit for GW for Gold Coast. Yeah. But that goal he kicked at the start of the game was just like, How it was Eddie Betts like. was it? Yep. Um, and that's, you know, to take the mantle from... Eddie going forward, like a player like that's yeah. super valuable for the broader football community and also for the, the Gold Coast. I just hope that they're very conservative with him now. Yep. Because I don't want to see this hamstring injury affect his ability to get on the park consistently in the future like we've seen happen to Darcy Moore, um, Sam Reed, players like that. You don't want him to be so desperate to get out there and them so desperate to get him out there. Yep that they ruin him his body for the long term. Yep. So I hope he's patient and acknowledges that and that they can all kind of accept maybe you're not going to play until the second half of the season, but then you'll be able to be really damaging. Yep. And it's in terms of injuries, like the hamstring is an injury. It's not like he busted his knee. It's not – it'll be more about getting his fitness back up than his confidence so big, back yeah. up. It's, you know, once – there's a whole other element that he doesn't have to focus as much on because it's a, I don't want to say a run of the mill injury, but it's it's not that extreme no, damage like a knee or like a break or. But it's one of those ones where it can be persistent if you don't treat it with respect. Yeah. Uh, mine is Alex Sexton. I think that he's a really underrated player in the mm-hmm. context of the competition. If he was playing the way he was at. Uh, and I hate saying this, but any Victorian club, he would be considered amongst the top small forwards in the league. Yep. Uh, while he's up on the Gold Coast, he gets ignored largely. Um, I personally have seen him destroy a, a team in my team last year when <laughs> we lost to them, Sydney lost to them. He knows how to find the goals. He can kick long goals. He doesn't have to be right up in front of them. Yep. He's clean with the ball at ground level. He's really smart. I just think people need to watch out for him because he can break your heart. If the Suns, and that's a very big if, build on last year. 
Well, I think they will, but I guess we'll get to that. Uh, he kicked 30 goals, 28 goals, and led the club. If they can get the ball to him, if... Well, just even into the forward. Into the forward, forward 50. That could push to a 50-goal season, but I don't think that this year... I still think Gold Coast have got a lot. I think he's too needed that little bit up the field mm. too often to be able to just sit forward and do that. Yeah. That's, I think, the where it'll come into it. And it'll be the team thing instead of his personal game. His personal, kind of yeah. Um, but I think Lockie Weller has been a really good inclusion for them. Um, he really boosts the team and people seem to forget that he existed, but he's a really good player. Jack... Bows, Bows, how do you say his name? I think he's a really good young player. They have a good, strong list, and I'm sick of hearing people say they're the worst list to ever come together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they've lost Stephen May in the back line, but he was largely getting suspended last year anyway. Um, and off to and a great start with that this year as well. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. Uh, and then uh, the Tom Lynch thing, he didn't play at all last year really. Mm-hmm. Don't act like these players that have left – did a lot last year for them. Also consider that for the first 10 weeks of the year, they had to play away because of the Commonwealth Games. Well, they had the, the ripper starts of the year. The first... The Darwin, the four, game against North. The first four games, they were... They won out of their first five, three of their first five games. Yeah. Um, and then they did that double header over in WA, and after that, it kind of the wheels yeah. fell off. They had to travel so much, and for a young side, it's so much harder as well. Mm. So... Don't underestimate them. I We got off track here, but I'll, I'll move on to my player to fall out of favour, um, Peter Wright. And I guess I've taken this player to fall out of favour thing more as partly player under pressure, under the most pressure. Mm. Um, I think Peter Wright really needs to stand up. With Lynch gone, and they've had a lot of injuries, like Rory Thompson's gone out as well. So their tall stocks are under pressure. Yep. Um, Peter Wright needs to be that player leading up, giving the contested mark on the wing option when they're stuck down back. He needs to be working really hard. We know that he's a good runner. That's what's been said about him since he started playing footy. Mm. But we don't see him giving the team that release option enough. Um, If he can get up on that wing to give them that option to kick to when they're stuck in defense, that just gives them that bit of release. And we didn't see him doing it in the JLT he was considered too young, probably. He didn't play much senior football last year, but the year before, he wasn't doing that. But I don't think that was being asked of him because Lynch was there. But now he's the guy. Yeah. He's got to be the guy. And if he isn't able to do that now, then again, I think it'll be a wasted potential because he needs to learn that that is what's needed of him and that's what Stuart Jew needs of him. Mm. The defenders need that um, way to relieve the pressure on them as well. So I think he needs to really step up in that respect. And if he's not able to do it, then they're just going to look to someone else. Yep. In terms of team development, I think losing all of those players, that they, and that's a substantial amount of players that yeah. they've lost, um, both top-end talent and delisted bottom-end talent. If yep. you're delisted from the Gold Coast Suns, it's but like... But this oh, is Stuart Dew starting to make his moves. Exactly. And that's that was my next thing. It's like, okay, it's not the end of the world because it allows... In the same way, Carlton two years ago, turning over these players who don't want to be there, yeah. who aren't putting Gary in the Ablett. effort, yeah, Gary Ablett, <laughs> and going, okay, we want to put 
saying exactly the same thing about about Carlton a few teams before. Getting these younger players, getting these players who want to be there, who need to be there, through getting the games and starting to get that cohesion in a few core players so that they can build around that. Um, I'm of the opinion that they won't do any better this year than what they did last year in terms of on field. Where do you um, think they'll finish? I had 17th or 18th. I think I had 18th. I pulled four or five wins, much like last year, upset a couple of people. Yeah, like Sydney. Like Sydney. Well, you know, whether they do Sydney again, whether whether they take away a Q clash, I reckon they might win one of those. Um, whether they win a one against Fremantle on the road or whatnot. Um, St Kilda, Western Bulldogs. Yep. Um, there'll be there'll be a big win or two in there, and that will be the dynamic. Not the dynamic. That'll be the spark that kind of keeps the team rolling and moving. As Stuart, you can point to those quote unquote green shoots and yeah. developments, so that as they assemble this list and really build this team from where it should have been built from the get go. Yeah, I think they're kind of where Carlton were maybe two or three years mm-hmm. ago. Yep. where they need the people to be patient for them to develop this bottom end, bot, like bottom age talent, yep. not bottom end talent, through as a group. So we need to give them that time to make these list changes work for them, yep. um, give them time to capitalise on, on it and develop a game plan that fits what this new team is because it yep. is a very different team. People need to be patient. This is a club that was set up poorly from the start and now it's almost like phase two. Where it's like, okay, we start fresh now. Yep. And we need to ignore the past five years. We need to be like, okay, we need to give them time. They're where Carlton were. They just haven't come from an age of success and then down. They've come from nothing to this. Yeah. So give it time. I still think that they're going to end up 16 to 18. Yep. But similar to what I said about Carlton as well, I think the the games won points-wise will probably be similar but we'll see an improvement in terms of their percentage and their ability to stay in games for longer mm. and the ability for their new leaders to lead the club. So I think Jared Witts is a really good example of a strong leader who's come for another club. He's of the top agent on that list and he cares. I am such a fan of Jared Witts. I think he's a really underrated rock as well. He's a really clever tap rock. He just hasn't been able to maybe get the credit for it because he doesn't have the midfield at Melbourne yeah. that, that Max Gorn has underneath Because winning him. the tap is great, but if your Rovers, Ruck Rovers and midfielders aren't there to collect it, you're basically tapping to your disadvantage exactly, the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I do think we're going to see some improvement, but they're not going to move that far up the ladder yet. Yeah. But I think there's a lot to like about them. And it's like I think after last year when there were some really dismal performances – yeah, um, but we did see flashes of brilliance. Yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying is that there's we've seen that in the same way that Brisbane didn't get shot on last year because we could see what was going on. It's like, okay, let's take the foot off the throat of Gold Coast yeah. and let them exist and develop and let's put it on a team that should really be further ahead um, and we can talk about some of those teams yeah. coming up. Yeah, there are um, other teams that should be under more pressure than Gold Coast right now. Exactly, and... Uh, I would say that if Carlton stopped existing tomorrow, uh, I'd probably go and pick Gold Coast as my team. As and you know, I, I'm used to the losing team, but also <laughs> would love to be aboard that ride once Gold Coast 
you know, start to get going. Yeah. Um, oh. Even though it's a dead zone for sports teams, we've been told over and over again. But They could be the team to revive it. They could be it, yeah. With a women's team coming as well, it's a And wouldn't it be great to see Gold Coast win a premiership before GWS? <laughs> wouldn't it be great? That's my, that's my big call. Won't be this year, won't be in the next couple of years, but I'm of the opinion that GWS, while they're – have been a smart club. They had a premiership window. It's probably coming back the other side, and now they've got to re. We're going to get to GWS in a second, but um, yeah, that would be my thing. It'd be great to see Gold Coast win a premiership before GWS, and you can put that as the soundbite for the uh, promo for this episode. <laughs> what game are you looking forward to then? Uh, I've got down <laughs> round one could very well be the battle of the wooden spoon, uh, St Kilda versus uh, Gold Coast round <sighs> one. So you know. With short of going for the obvious Q clash, which no one south of Barwon Heads um, cares, about. cares about. I don't even think anyone north of I don't that know. cares I think, about it. I think there's a very small window of people that care about between uh, Sunshine Coast and... and um, what, the players in the teams? Yeah, and the parents. <laughs> um, no, but it'd be interesting to see the start of the season where that, where that falls is in the, uh, you know, where they start off the season and then you kind of get to the end of the season. They're playing again... And actually, they're playing again halfway through the season. Yeah. So to see the, the Suns the difference between and the Saints, two games, yeah. Yeah, and Saints, I put in my bottom section as well. So yeah, to see the difference in those two, and then the last game of the year they have is against the Giants. So to see, kind of use those as a um, bit of markers to see where they improve or where they decrease. It's kind yeah. of a couple of key key spots, I think. I'm looking forward to round four against Carlton at Metricon. Mm. Um, I think this is because Brisbane's probably slightly ahead of these two teams, but these two teams have that group of young talent that is just looking to develop. This year is about finding bright spots, not necessarily about getting a lot of wins. Yep. I think this game will give us a good indication of where each team is sitting in the context of one another. Mm-hmm. Um I also just think it'll be a good match because we've got some players. We've talked about Carlton and all those young players that are exciting to watch. Yeah. But Gold Coast as well have a few of those young players that are exciting to watch. I think it's going to be exciting to just watch them kind of battle it out. Yeah. And uh, I do, while I think Carlton will probably win it, this is based on preseason expectation, not based on anything we've seen yet, but I think it'll be fun to watch this one. And I just wanted to mention, I've just kind of mentioned it already, but I have got a note here that I think they've put together a solid list. Please just give them time. Like, just quiet down. It doesn't affect you if Gold Coast don't win a lot of games this year. Quiet down, let them do their thing. Don't put pressure on them. And let's reassess it at the end of the year. The other thing I didn't mention with round one is that the two King brothers, while they won't be playing both for the St Kilda and uh, and Gold Coast, the two King brothers went there. So I'd be also interested to see which one of those goes to the other first. Because up until... Well, Ben up in Gold Coast looks like he'll probably start early, but Max down at St Kilda is still coming still, off that ACL. Yeah. So maybe the mid-year one, they might both be facing up against each other, depending on if they're ready as part yeah. of their team. But it's fairly both in these sort of teams. But I'd be interested to see which one goes to the other one first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Max is a forward and Ben's a defender. Yeah, and they played so much. All that they, they, I think there's like one game they've missed not playing together through an injury, or up until when um, when Max did his knee this year, they played 
almost every game they've ever played together. Yeah. So I feel like rather than one of these players coming home, I think they will go want to go to where the other one is and could be a really great forward-back yeah. combination. Um, whether they both go to Gold Coast or both go to St Kilda or somewhere else in the middle. We are up to GWS, Greater Western Sydney. Now can I sing the song? It's the best song in the competition. <laughs> it's the best newest song no, in the competition. No, it's the best song in the competition. And Sydney has banjos and a key change. So <laughs> you know that I'm talking strongly about this song. <laughs> I love watching the team. When the women's team sang it the other day, it made me so happy. It's the best song to sing. Anyway, let's get... Not- <laughs> we'll get sidetracked by song composition in a minute. <laughs> okay, who's your player to watch? Uh, player to watch for GWS... Uh, Actually, for some reason, I didn't have a player to watch in this in my spreadsheet. I've missed that column. Come on, mate. Um, Do you want me to go first? Then? Yeah, you go first, and then I'll... Uh... So I've picked young man Jai Caldwell. Ooh, um, good choice. He's just a really impressive... He had really impressive individual performances over at JLT, and I know that JLT, you can't take much out of it in terms of a team's performance or anything because there are lots of mitigating factors. But I think what young players show to try and put their hand up for selection Mm. is probably the most you can take out of it. And um, I think that he really stepped up and with no shield now, no Callan Ward for the first part of the season, which is a pretty significant loss for GWS. No Jono Patton for the next three months. Yeah. I think he puts his hand up for a spot and he really, um, he's a, everything you expect of a young GWS player Really skillful, uses the ball well. I think he'll be paired up, like he'll play really well with a player like Lockie Whitfield and yep. people like that. Um, I'm just really excited to see what he can do. Um, and I think he's jumped a few, they've got quite a lot of talent on that list. We all knew, know that, but I think he's jumped up a few spots just based on those couple of performances, what he's been able to put out. The play to fall out of favour, I yep. think. I've kind of got two. Dylan Buckley, who used to play for Carlton, who's the He's perini- got a great podcast. A really enjoyable podcast. Had a great um, video pod- video cast at, at Carlton as well. Um, he's a perennial emergency. Like, yeah. he hardly played any games for them. And, like, it'd be. I'm not sure what it is that. He's not doing. He's not quite at that level. So it'd be great to see him get a, get a Guernsey or whatever it is that he needs to do to kind of step up to that next spot. Um, but I've also got down that I think the actual one would be maybe that's one to watch out for, but also I don't think that I'd like to see Dylan Buckley get a regular spot. Play to four out of favour, realistically, it's probably Shane Mumford. I think he'll get to the end of the season and that'll be it. They'll, they'll give him a crack. He, He's a stopgap. He, yeah, he will fill in and probably play 10 games yeah. in the year. So I've got Brett Delidio. And this, I I really like Brett Delidio. I just think his body's letting him down. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be the last season we see of him, unfortunately. Um, him at his, in his prime was stunning to watch. But yeah, I just think his body is not letting him get on the park consistently. And we kind of saw that from Ryan Griffin last year where he bowed out at the end of the season. I think that's probably what's going to happen this mm. year with Brett Delidio. Storied career, brilliant career, fantastic player. Seems like a great guy. Yep. Just physically can't did, get it right. Did you see the uh, the social media? I think yeah. Today or yesterday number with three. number yeah. three and Jack Raywalk getting stuck in. It was quite a nice little <laughs> nugget. I also like uh, like what I've seen of Aiden Bonner. There's only a few games that he's mm. played, but 
Um, that's kind of going back a few points, but you know, once once things fall in his favour, and then hopefully we'll see a nice some some nice stuff from him. Where uh, do you think they'll finish? I've got they've finished eighth, so okay. they'll make the finals. Um, and as I said, we'll go kind of where everything will, will fall later on with that. But uh, I think with, you know, they've got a few big outs um, and the ins, got a few nice kind of, got a number of draft picks in in that 10 to 30 mm. um, draft range. That's some good medium kind of or up and medium talent there, but it might be a year of kind of consolidation for them losing some of these old, bigger, bigger profile and... Uh, more solid talent mm. and a few kind of uh, bring a few up-and-coming kids in and, again, we'll win 10 to 13 games, hit finals, won't do too much damage, uh, but then really build and consolidate on uh, on their list. I am much more optimistic about that. <laughs> I reckon they'll go three to five. Um, I just think they'll probably start the season poorly. And then come home with a bang. Yeah. Um, the Callan Ward out worries me more than anyone else would would in that mm. team. But I think if players like Toby Green can stay on the field, who I don't like but is a very good player, mm-hmm. um, if players like Heath Shaw continu- just continue doing what they're doing, Zach Williams back into that side is huge, uh, allowing Whitfield to have a bit more freedom up the field. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot to like about them. And... Don't be scared if they start the season poorly and then come home really strong. So yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't say it's too. Uh, I say it's pretty good. Which round or which game are you looking forward to? Uh, I've got round six versus Sydney, and partially after the way the finals played out. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Battle of the Bridge, um, the Anzac Bridge, not the uh, yeah. Sydney Harbour Bridge, of course. So stupid. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I think that'll be. I think they'll be. Sydney will be out to, to to draw some blood. I have. I will say many things when we get to Sydney. Don't yep. worry. Uh, I'm putting round two against West Coast over at Optus Stadium. Ooh. I think that both of these teams actually do play similar games. They have that want to get it really cleanly on the outside. Use their skill, long kicking, quick ball yep. movement. They've got the strong pillars at each end of the field. I think that yeah, these two together. Are just gonna, it's going to be a spectacle of a game. So I'm really excited to watch that. Okay, let's move on to Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Oh, I hate Hawthorne. Um, I don't hate Hawthorne. I just don't like them very much. Play to watch. My play to watch for this one is James Warple. I think the injury... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To Tom Mitchell really opens the door for him. Oh, yeah. And I'm expecting him to actually grasp it really, really strongly and solidify himself as a really important player in their team. He's almost there, but I think this injury is just like the door is open for him if he doesn't step through it this year then he's probably going to be it's going to be disappointing so yeah. I do expect him to take it up that level um, and they're going to rely on him really heavily this year which I think is the other thing if he can take that uh, pressure on his shoulders and continue doing what he's doing really really well yep. um, he'll prove himself as a really important player in the context of the whole competition not just their team. It'll be really interesting I'm really interested to see how things pan out without Mitchell. Mm. Um, we know that Clarkson's a brilliant football mind and has done a lot. I'm sick of hearing that. Oh, look, <laughs> the, I'm, I'm reading a book on the stats at the moment and yep. a bunch about Port Adelaide, particularly when Clarkson was there before he came to Hawthorne and that transition when uh, the statistics really became a sort of strong part and around the year 2000 when football started to change from the more man-on-man into the to the um, zoning stuff, zoning yeah. stuff, and and all of this sort of thing. So, and you look at all the, the coaches that have come out of it, and the, what, the dynamic of coaches, like we spoke about before. So, I think having Mitchell in the team allowed so much so much else to happen. But I'll be interested to see more than anything. Interested to see how he plays his pieces, how he plays his chessboard. Obviously, uh, losing Rioli. Last year, but then getting someone like a Wingard, which they're sort of loosely tipping as to be Rioli's, you know, mm. slide into that spot. I just and that's worry. kind of a person I'm interested to see how Wingard will slide into the yeah. team. I don't think there'll be any issues. I think he'll come and. I just worry from things I've heard, and I know you can't take a lot on rumors that you hear and stuff like that, but I worry about the culture at Hawthorne kind of going downhill a little bit. I think the loss of Fagan from the coaches' box and the board kind of area, mm. um, it's filtered down a little bit, and we've seen a bit of a decline since he's gone. And Ru- like I mentioned before about Russell, the high-performance conditioning yeah. coach to Carlton, Kennett coming back on board again. Yeah. I think I've heard things about Wingard and his attitude towards footy not necessarily being great. The way they were very willing to just oust Ryan Burton, who in the lead-up to that happening was... 
touted to be the future of that club. Mm. Things like that, I just look and think, hmm, they're kind of selling the farm right now to get Tom Scully in, who they know probably isn't going to be able to play a lot of football this year, and now losing Mitchell for the season. I'm just worried. Worried probably isn't the word, but... I'm just not sure about what the long... Like, I think there's a long-term plan here, but short-term, it's going to destroy them as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just have questions, and we need to see them play consistently for the season mm. to understand. And we know that Clarkson's a good football mind, but they weren't a top-four side last year. They kind of stumbled into it. Mm. And I don't think they're going to reach those heights this year. Anyway... Off topic. See, that's where, if we're talking about place, I've got them as seventh, so kind of agreeing with that. I've got them nine to 12. Yeah. I've got them missing finals. Well, you look at, like we were talking about earlier about um, 2017 with Sydney and Hawthorne going, you know, six losses each, five, six losses each at the start of the season, and then both turning that around. Well, Hawthorne didn't make finals that year, Sydney did, can I just say? That's true, but still turning it around from that, that spot. Yeah. So... You know, I definitely don't think that they will. Be I don't think there. they're going to bottom out. I just don't think they're going to make finals. But who's your player to fall out of favour? Just before we skip uh, ahead too far, that's a really good one. Um, I've got Paul Puopolo. I don't think he has had a huge impact in the last year and a half or so. Um, his body's starting to let him down. He's thirty-one this season. Is he going to start to feel the pressure? Do they like Cawthorn are known to kind of move on some older players? Will he start to see that happen this yeah. year? That's all. I think so because then you got Roughhead's older. Roughhead's thirty three, late oh thirty two. Sorry, just turned thirty two. Ben McAvoy, how old's he? Uh, turning thirty in a couple of months. Um, and you know, they're he's pushing two hundred games. Jack Gunston's pushing two hundred games. Yeah, Gunston's much older than we realise. I think I think he's twenty nine, nearly thirty. Yeah, Burgoyne sitting on three hundred and fifty games is probably. Oh, shit, I forgot he existed. Yeah, it's like, how do you forget that Sean Burgoyne? Because I'm just scrolling through their their numbers and going, okay, all right. They have the oldest and most experienced team in the competition this year. Yeah, and it you know it definitely shows. You look at. I was looking at this name like Grant Birchall. I know nothing about that name, yet he's played 250 games for Well, he hasn't played for a year and a half. That's why. That would be why I, you know, and looking at that going, that's, that's a name I don't... It always, it always amuses me going through a list from top to bottom and going, <laughs> you've got a lot of games, but I couldn't tell you the first thing about it. So the game I'm looking forward to yep. will definitely be Easter Monday. Same. I think their their injury list is lengthy and pretty, pretty mm. rich. A lot of games at the moment, but... Uh, I think they'll have it under control and work out their setup sort of by by the by by half half by halfway through the year, and uh, I would not be surprised if I'm putting an outside bet on that Mitch will be back in time for finals. Tom Mitchell. Yeah, I. They're not going to make finals, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, in my in my list, they they sneak in at seventh, and that's probably on percentage. Um, you know, you're looking at the last that that middle section will be really congested. Um, if it was a lesser team, in the same way that Cartman did with Doherty, they're like, oh, you could probably come back for round 22 or 23, but why bother? Yeah. Um, that's how I think that Mitchell will pay out. If he'll I'm, push. He'll push hard. Um, I have Easter Monday. Yeah, I'm predicting that both teams are kind of going to play just okay footy this year, mm. but this game always takes everything up that level. So yep. yeah. Uh, let's move on 
to someone, uh, a team I'm very excited to talk about <laughs> in the Melbourne Demons. We all know how much I love Melbourne. Who's your player to watch at Melbourne? And I'm going to judge you very harshly on this. You're going to judge me harshly on this one? Yeah. Look, this is a really like... The reason I've got this player is because it's a big watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be Petrarca, isn't it? It's not Petrarca. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and it's not a, it's, it's a pretty obvious one. But look, with the way that he performed last year and with the – we keep talking about the 666. Tom McDonald. I've got – will Maxi Gorn be in that top oh, percentage okay. for Brownlow? Will he Will yep. he be a, a potential top three Brownlow pick this year? With his perform last year, he's playing his 100th game this week over 10 seasons. It's kind of crazy that he's only getting up to his 100th now, but then you remember all the injuries he yep. went through and all that. It was pretty significant early in his career. It's quite a – So it's quite s- remarkable where he is now. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm thinking with, you know, with his athleticism, with his ability to, to ruck, to, to do that pure position, um, and you know we're talking about getting rid of the third man up, which freed him up to be able to be the ruckman that he is, and then now having the space around him to find the midfielders, to find the rovers, yeah, and not having twenty people in that vicinity when he's trying to pinpoint who he needs, that could really play in his favour for us to get some rack up some really good Brownlow votes. So while everyone knows Maxi Gorn and, and knows that my watch is bigger than just him playing well, it's could that be a potential Brownlow push should yep. his body hold up and Melbourne, as I put in my end of season thing, go as uh, go deep into September? Yeah. Um, I have Christian Salem. Uh, I think he goes under the radar because there are a lot of kind of high-profile young players at Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you watch the way he played last year, uh, he's such an important member of the side. And he did go as a high draft. I think he was number three in the draft or something a number of years ago. Um, but he he's worked on his discipline on the field. He had a bit of a history of getting suspended. Even in the VFL, he was getting suspended for stupid things, similar to what Zach Jones does. Hmm. But he's really instrumental in Melbourne's movement out of the back line. And um, he is clever, he uses the ball really well, and then he gets up the field and continues to lay that pressure. So he's almost like that line of defence that is just behind the ball at all times. He doesn't stay back or anything like that. He's not the player that chills back there. He pushes up, he continues to put pressure on the opposition until they're able to turn the ball over. And I think that he is a really important cog in the Melbourne machine. And we talk about the midfield all the time, and they're amazing, and they're so good to watch, and I can't wait to see what they do. But without players like Christian Salem on that half back line, they couldn't do their job as well because they wouldn't be getting the protection, I guess. Mm. Um, so I think we need to appreciate what Christian Salem does a little bit more. And if you go back and look at some of his highlights from last year, he's done some incredible stuff. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I think he benefits over not having as much notice because he's not under as much pressure yeah. as the other yeah. players are. But just keep an eye. He's number three for Melbourne, if you don't know. <laughs> just keep an eye on him because he does get really involved in the play. Mm. Um, but he's usually that player that you're not seeing, I guess. I'm really... It's not really a fall out of favour specifically because they delisted him at the end of last year. And there's obviously a reason for that. <laughs> but the fact <laughs> that Carl picked up Tom Bug. <laughs> 
And we're like, okay, yep, this is what we need. And we spoke about that in depth before, so I don't need to go into why we would have picked up someone like Tom Bug. But for them to him to get not even a month into the, the year and be like, no, nah, I'm out. Is doesn't he have a multi-million dollar business? Allegedly, to go to? <laughs> allegedly, um, with his partner who's an Instagram model. Yeah, most it's because- just silly. Mm. Very talented. He was in one in that early GWS draft. I think he was the he's listed as the third ever GWS player. I think something like that. Really good player, and I think his attitude got in the way a little bit on the field. And I thought that issue where he punched Callum Mills. Um, and that suspension, I everyone was out for his neck, and I was really strong on the idea that he serves his six weeks, he goes back, he won't see senior football again this year, he'll play in the VFL, and I hope that he gets the kick in his ass yep. to come back next year and be a better player uh, with a better attitude on the field because he came across as that cocky guy, yep. and I had hoped I- that that would be what it was, and then he just never got back in the... Or he got back in the team once and just never performed as well yep. as he wanted him to. I'm, I'm all for that, like, bit of banter and bit of, like, you know, the, the, the stuff he posted on his Snapchat story or whatever. I'm all oh, for that. Oh, I've got that. no issue with that stuff. But it it was just such a kick in the teeth to waste it a... You know, it's... Well, I look, think you got Gibbons... As a result, that, of it, that didn't was you? my next. The next thing we got Gibbons and Cottrell, which you know I think Gibbons will be a better fit for us going forward. But before that point, it's just a kick in the teeth and a waste of the time. Um, and so again, Melbourne obviously delisted him for a reason, and he's obviously instead of him just going tapping out then. So. Well, I'm glad you made Melbourne about Carlton, but I'm going to bring it back to Melbourne. So you can make it about Sydney. No, we'll do that soon. <laughs> we haven't got to them yet. My player to fall out of favour at Melbourne, um, very similar to Deledio at GWS. I've got Jordan Lewis. For about a year now, I've thought that he's been off the pace. Mm-hmm. I think the only time I really saw him play football that he we expected him to be capable of at Melbourne was in the Hawthorne and, S- and Geelong finals last year because yeah. he had the finals experience and the composure. But before that... He was undisciplined. He was yelling at umpires and giving away 50-meter penalties. He was doing silly things. His disposal of the ball, which was meant to be his big thing, wasn't that great. Hmm. Um, And then the whole thing is his leadership. But when he's the one giving mouth to umpires and giving stuff away, that's not leadership. So I have been really strong on the fact that I think players like Josh Wagner should be getting that spot instead and you should be investing in those younger players, especially on a list like Melbourne who start to bat really deep that they're potentially going to start losing players. Yep. I think you've got to start giving those younger players spots now. Yeah, I just think that Jordan Lewis has to start being moved out um, more into maybe a an assistant coaching mm. role more than on field. If he was at a club like Brisbane... It would be a different story, but I think at Melbourne, there's too much young talent on that list for him to yep. be taking up a spot. And it's a, it's a, it's not a growing list in terms of numbers. It's a growing list that everyone is hitting their straps, and everyone's developing at the same time. Yep. This is what I mean about Carlton: is that now it's you got, bring making Melbourne yeah, about Carlton, but they, they've got that group that are all going to develop together. Melbourne yep. were that a few years ago, and now they're developing. They've yep. got that group there. They've got a really young list, but mm. they're twenty to twenty-four year olds are the most important part of their list, and yep. they're, they're the players that are going to win them a flag. So he can't be taking a spot that one of those young guys should yep. be having. But 
in talking about spots at the moment, if we're looking at the injury list, it's quite a solid start. You know, we've got uh, Lever, who's out for... till about mid-year. Best part of the... Well, yeah, it's got 12, 16 weeks here from the... So that's... Actually, you're right, that is halfway through the yeah. year, just as my maths isn't Not working. Great, no. um, Kolodajny's out, Garlett's out, Hannon's... Garlett, I don't see coming back into the side. Um, I think Spargo has surpassed him. Yeah. Uh, Hannon, I think... We all know that Hannon is my favourite non-Sydney player. Mm. I think he's got a spark that needs to come back in, but he's dealing with knee issues. I think he's still 12 weeks out, so that's really unfortunate. But Um, if they're pushing for finals, he can... He can come in and be a spark for them. He'll be nice, fresh legs. They've got a lot that are ready to go. Um, Melksham, Jones, Viner, they all say they're kind of ready, but, you know, whether they play round one They all look like they're going to be playing. Melksham is an unbelievable player. Mm. Um, He's brought so much to Melbourne. Uh, I yeah, I just think that Stephen they're gonna May. start. They're gonna start having issues at selection because how do you leave Sam Frost out of a side nowadays? Hmm. Because Sam Frost is he saved them in a few games last year, but when May comes in, who who goes out of that back line? Well, you can't push Oscar McDonald out. You can't push Sam Frost out. Who leaves? Do you think that Sam that Stephen May will? Have a not a regular spot, but do you think he will be a a quality player for them? I I just look. At him I and think the go, pressure is going to be on him to continue to play a really good football because there are young guys that have been at the club longer that are going to be taking that spot mm. off him if he doesn't perform. And if he does silly things, they're not going to put up with it because I, they don't need him that desperately. Looking at this in advance, like it's probably going to be looked at as a not a waste, but I don't think that he's going to. I yeah, see I don't think he was a I don't think they should have targeted him. I think they probably should have targeted a smaller lockdown defender more. Um I think that's what Sydney needs as well. Who's going to come after Neville, Neville Jetta in that role? Mm. That's the player that they probably need to be finding. Um that's what I think they were trying to make Dion Johnson into, but he was he was there for 3 years. First 2 years he was up forward. And then they moved him back, and then after that, they've just delisted him. So mm. who's going to do that is my question, I guess. But <laughs> I, I told you I'd get really into this. Um, expected finish, I think they're going to be one to four. I'm really bullish about them. Yeah. I think they're going to win the flag. I'm, I'm pr- like skipping ahead the predictions. I think they're going to win the flag. I, I put them as fourth, but I will also put them deep into September, but I'm going to wait for my finals campaign until we get to that point. Okay. But um, um, I've, I've, as long as the injuries, which... While they're all looking at this end of the season with players coming back in the second half, yeah. Um, as long as they can settle and that doesn't roll on and those things don't, that'll push them from a fourth to a seventh or an eighth team if yeah. they keep these. Because it's names in that list. It's not like B and C players that are out for three weeks with a, you know, a finger. It's knees and shoulders to players that have a really important role to play in that team. Yeah, I think the structure of the 666 will help them immensely. Uh, Tom McDonald on the lead uh, with space in 50. Sam Wiedemann, we've seen what he can do, not only in contested marking, but on the lead. Um, Charlie Spargo showed so much last year. His defensive pressure, but also his ability to find the goals, and I think that's where he excels past Garlett because he does the defensive stuff, and then he can still find the goals in really magic ways. Yeah, I just think that there's two that I don't find a hole in their list, I guess, is what I'm saying. And I come from an optimistic side because, as I said, I've got a 
strong affinity for them. Yeah. But I can't see anyone coming close to them this year. And that's a really big call, I know. Uh, game to look forward to. I've got round nine against West Coast over at Optus Stadium. Melbourne had that close one with them earlier in the season to solidify their finals mm-hmm. chances. They showed a real grit getting over the line in that game. And then the year before in round 14 in 2017 where they got over the line in the final 30 seconds with that Tom McDonald goal, but then that prelim last year. Yep. I think Melbourne got as far as they should have gone last year. Everyone said that they just got lost in the occasion. I think they ran out of steam, if mm. I'm honest. They had to work so hard to just make finals because of those early season mishaps. And not just physically, but expectationally as well from yeah. their members and fans. Like, big enough for them to get to that point that... It's like oh, it's like when we we last got up and talked about Carlton and mm. um, and Essendon prelim, and it's like that was the grand final for them to exactly. get to that 1999. point. Yeah, so like so I think that was Melbourne's like oh, we made it to like this place and we've not never only, been before. Not only the atmosphere of those MCG games, which I went to both, and as I said, nearly fainted. Not only that, but the fact that then they had to go over to WA. A, one of the most hostile crowds you can go to against a really dominant team that went on to win the flag. I think they got as far as they were meant yep. to go last year. Yep. And with the, when you think about the young list that they've got, it's really impressive what they were able to do. So that grit, um, I think, will put them in good stead for this year. Because mm. the year before was when they just missed finals. Coincidentally, West Coast winning screwed it up for them. And West Coast got in on that Point four of a percent, point five yep. percent. So it's always West Coast that they're coming up against. So I think similar to what Sydney and West Coast had in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, Melbourne are building that with West Coast, and it's going to be really fun to keep an eye on that. Yeah, totally. I've got down as the game I'm looking forward to is the preliminary final. So we'll leave it at that one. <laughs> okay, we'll come back and touch base on that. <laughs> I just want to mention one more thing. Sorry, I know I'm talking about Melbourne a lot, but um. Marty Horse, the other one in that Melbourne defence that we haven't mentioned, he looks like he's going to come straight into the side. Um, so he creates even more squeeze in that defensive unit. He's straight out of the VFL. Mm. He's a big body. He's 23. He showed a lot across all the preseason. Yep. Really excited to watch him play um, and how he fits amongst the other defenders and whether he pushes May for a spot as well, what goes on there. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know too much about him being, you know, straight out of the... Was number fifty-six for the draft I've got down, so yeah. kind of don't know too much about this well, gentleman. Well, now so. Melbourne have a, a hall on both teams: Kate Hoare in the women's and Marty Hoare in the men's. Are they related, perchance, or I haven't actually looked. Okay, they don't look alike, but you can never tell. We'll see. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big. 